It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new month, March 5th, 2018. Welcome to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Do you hear this nonsense? I don't know if you guys can pick that up, I'm not even going to try to pick that up. Suffice to say, a bunch of crackheads or drug addicts or alcoholics or mental patients or fucking degenerate gambling pieces of shit, the lowest scum of the earth, outside my window squawking and raving like lunatics at fucking 10.45 a.m. on this new month. And uh, that's just par for my neighborhood. I live in Regent Park, uh, Toronto, Canada. Oldest ghetto in Canada. It was a ghetto settlement after, um, I don't know, the First World War, I believe. That's when, um, from the history books I've read, uh, it was one of the wars, I don't know. I don't get, I'm not one of those people who get all bent out of shape about war. Like, um, I don't think there's anything to really learn from it other than not to do it. If you can take that away from war, then I think you've learned all you need to know about war. Um, Some people get all fucking in a tizzy, you know. Oh, that's a fucking whatever bomber. And did you know that during the war of blah, 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 so-and-so did this and that, and they they used this tactic? It's like, yo, war is for morons, and if you can learn anything from it, don't do it. Like, I don't even understand how you fucking bilk somebody into going into war. Like, if anybody ever came to me and was like, yo, like, I got a question for you. Do you mind going across the world to fight somebody and, uh, you know, kill them for, you know, a couple pennies and then a made-up economy? Like, uh, or for for whatever the fucking reason would be, I would just tell them to go fuck themselves. Like, (laughs) no way. I would look around the room with, like, my fellow, like, recruit mints and i just say to them like yo like what are we doing i'm not going to war we should not go to war let's not do this but um you know my fellow recruitments would probably just look at me and be like but they told us to did you do what they told you did you do what they told you fuck you motherfucker Uh, I don't even know if that's what that song's about, but I don't know, whatever. Suffice to say, man, um, the ghettos of Regent Park were populated after the First World War. Um, That's the neighborhood I live in now, and the remnants are still there, man. This place has been known as Skid Row throughout the years. And uh, yeah, this is what I've woken up to this morning. Thankfully, the place is getting uh, re-gentrified, gentrified, whatever the term is. Basically, poor people are getting kicked out. And they're making way for the new. And, um, you know, I don't really know. I ain't no fucking um, pundit, politician, social, anthropological analysis. But um, I don't know. Main thing being there's a lot of dumbass poor people in this neighborhood that are getting taken over by dumbass rich people. 
It's all a bunch of dumbasses. I am surrounded by idiots. Idiots. And, um, yeah. But you know what? Last night at my show, I was doing some stand-up last night as I'm a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. And, um, yeah, I know, I had a good set. And, um, for some reason, I got into, uh, the topic of, um, my dead mother. Somebody brought it up, um, the MC, you know, just like a kind of a casual way, like a little joke. Um, we we're talking about, like, dead parents or something. Uh, the comics and the audience and stuff. And, uh, somehow my dead mother came up and, um... You know, I kind of trashed on her for a bit because, like, she was a stupid woman. I mean, she really was. And um, there's not very many good memories of her. That being said, I don't particularly have any strong resentments. I'm pretty much over it. She's been gone for a decade now. Uh, this, uh, this coming September will be a, the anniversary, the 10-year anniversary of her uh, death in department. Gail Ramcharan. Fuck, that name still gives me shiver sometimes. Shiver me timbers. Gail. Look over my shoulder. Oh, thank God. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, and it just got me thinking, um, like I said, she was kind of a hard woman to f fucking, uh, she was a hard woman to fuck. <laughs> I don't think that was ever her problem. <laughs> oh, mommy, I'm sorry. But, um, you know, she was a hard woman to really, um, to be around, she was just very sad, unstable emotionally, and um, hard-headed. But um, you know what? In her own way, that kind of taught me not to take it personally. Like, that's kind of the beauty sometimes if you have a parent like that, that uh, they're just so unreasonable and ungiving. It's almost like their way of letting you know, like, do not take anything I say personally because I'm fucked up. So, like, I mean, that's why we were never really close. That's why I can sit here and talk the way I do. That's why I could trash her on the mic last night like I did at the comedy show. You hear this? The garbage man driving by. The garbage man driving by. Bum, 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 ba-da-dum, dum, dum. There was an old man who was a garbage man. I don't know why he was a garbage man. I guess he'll die. There was an old way lady who swallowed a shoe. Well, this noise shut the fuck up. I don't know what to do. There, it's dissipated. But um, like I said, Mommy Dearest was a bit of a bitch. And um, <laughs> at the show last night, I was trashing her. And, um, but it, it actually comes on the heels of um, some thinking, some pondering that I've been doing about old Mommy Dearest lately. Because, um, you know, she wasn't really... Like I said, there wasn't any good memories. And unfortunately, like... Um, like... Uh, I was thinking about some of the things she taught me in my life. And she didn't teach me much other than how to beg. Like, um, when I was a baby. Yeah, you can call me a baby. You know, people call babies babies up until, like, what? Maybe the age of 
six, you're still like a baby, like a toddler, baby, whatever. Yeah, I was like a baby. I was like four or five. My mom would send me around the neighborhood to beg, to beg for change, to get on the bus for school. Like I'd have to like beg the bus driver to get on the bus for school. I never had a fucking um, bus fare. Or I'd have to beg the neighbors for change to get on the bus. I'd have to beg for like food. We didn't have food a lot. We were raised on welfare. Poor black, indignant. And uh, yeah, I'd have to beg for food in the neighborhood. I'd have to beg for change. I'd have to beg for cigarettes. I remember one morning my mom sent me for cigarettes to um, our neighbor's house. And I'm knocking on the door. It's like, you know, maybe seven in the morning. The father of the family comes out and he goes, what? And I'm like, oh, uh, uh, and I burst out crying, right? I just burst out in tears right there on the spot. And he's like, oh, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, just a minute. And I'm like, eh. and I'm crying on their doorstep. And he goes and gets his wife, right? And him and the, the father and the wife, they start bickering. And it's like, oh, why, what's the, why are they knocking on the door for at 7 o'clock in the morning for cigarettes? And then the mother, she's like, I don't know, I don't know, like, what kind of a parent would send a child to go beg for cigarettes? And they're like, you know, trying to figure out how to console me and what to do with me after they just yelled at me. Like, who the hell yells at a fucking baby? Like I said, I was a baby. I was like fucking four or five years old getting screamed at for begging for cigarettes. It's a hard knock life for us. Thank you, Jay-Z. Somehow I lived through it. And, um... Here I am today thinking about my mother and begging. That's kind of what she taught me. And I remember why that's going through my head, because I remember like um, talking to like friends growing up and stuff. I remember not even really that long ago, maybe like uh, my early 20s. I was hanging out with a buddy and we were talking about, um, I was just about to get my license, right? And um, it took me a long time to get my license because number one, I'm poor. Well, you know, in uh, material. I'm rich in spirit, though, you know? He who hath, what, faith has a continual feast. Something like that was said in Psalm, right? Anyway, um, you know, um, I was kind of a blue-collar, poor, working guy my whole life. And um, I remember I didn't have a license until I was, like, you know, in my early 20s. And that's not really why. It was more so because I was an alcoholic. You know, I kind of knew that my drinking was, like, the forefront of my life at that time. Like, you know, throughout my teens and 20s, really. So, like, you know, I I wasn't really on the whole driving bandwagon. I went to fucking driver's ed hungover and drunk. So, like, you know. But um, I was talking to um, my friend and I was like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm going for my driver's license or whatever and blah, blah, blah. When did you get your driver's license? When did you learn to drive? And he goes, oh, yeah. You know, uh, my mom, my mom taught me how to drive. (coughs) Your mom? Like, I was like, what? Your mom taught you how to drive? And that's when it got in my head, like, holy fuck. Like, my mom, what did she ever teach me? I remember she used to bitch at me if I dragged my feet when I walked. Actually, that served me well in life. You got a lot of people fucking knuckle-dragging morons, fucking shoe-shuffling fucking dipshits. And I remember I'd be walking down the street with my mom. She'd be like, pick up your feet when you walk, boy. And, uh, you know, maybe that served me well. I walk with a confident stride. I walk right into your heart and burn it to the ground. And, um, yeah, that's exactly what I do. So, begging 
I guess in a way taught me to rely on myself. Is that what it taught me? You know? You can give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to beg, he can fucking scram a fucking fish fillet off of any idiot with a couple pennies in their pocket. <clears throat> As it says in uh, Proverbs. So anyway, um, that's my little mommy uh, speech. Um, yeah. It's kind of strange, you know? Strange energy. <laughs> and I, you know, I dissed up my mom, my dead mother. I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, so uh, unfortunately the bitches got cremated. She's stuck in a cubbyhole somewhere, you know? We socked her away in a drawer in some crematorium somewhere. Ah, fuck that bitch. I said something along those lines and kind of like, a, you know, I guess like a trans, transitory uh, state in my little uh, set last night. And then everyone's like, oh. <laughs> and then afterwards, the audience was pretty cool. Um, they're like, uh, the MC, uh, he goes, um, how about a round of applause for John's mom? And everyone's like, yeah, and I kind of felt, I'm like, wow, like, they, they really held my mom up, you know. Um, Ian was his name, is his name, the, uh, the MC last night, and the audience are like, yeah. And, uh, I don't know, they kind of held my mom up there for a second, and, you know, it felt good to know that, I guess the bond between mother and child is sacred enough where even people that don't know you can respect it, you know, because, um, yeah, I say my mother was a bitch for making me beg my entire life and, you know, being a callous-hearted cunt and, you know, giving me weird bedtime stories like, Did you know, Jonathan, when you were a baby, I wanted to drown you in a bathtub? Good night. I just, like, lay there under the covers. Mommy's gonna kill me. <laughs> but, um, it made me the man I am today. Disgruntled black man. <clears throat> anyway. I want to talk to y'all about um, climate change. Do you believe in it? What do you stand on the issue of climate change? Climate change is real. Yeah, man, climate change. I've been thinking about that, you know. Um, I'm trying to get into more issues. Um, you know, I'm just like one of these things I've been working on this year, 2018, is just learning about things that are of interest to me. And climate change is definitely one of them. Um, yeah, climate change is real. <laughs> Duh. It's real. And, um, uh, I remember back when I was a kid where I first started getting interested in, uh, climate change was, uh, in grade three, my teacher, Mrs. Fournier, she had the Green Club. And it was about recycling. We got to learn about the earth. And Mrs. Fournier hated me. I was an asshole, you know, typical comic, typical. Um, I remember one time, check this out. This was actually um, one of my first jokes. <clears throat> so I'm sitting there in grade three, green club, right? And we're learning about climate change and shit. This is like 19, uh, I don't know, 1992, you know? I was like, what, how old was I in 92? I was like six years old. Yeah, so like I'm yeah, around that time, 92, 94, 93. I'm sitting there in Green Club, right? And, uh, you know, we're learning about recycling, the three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle, and, um, you know, retard. I think that was another one. The four R's. Reduce, reuse, recycle, you retard. The four R's. And um, so I'm learning about that shit. And um, anyways, we're there in Green Club. And Kimberly, she was like a twin, there was these twins, uh, Kimberly and uh, I think his name was Jim. 
I don't know, Jim and Kim. That's kind of corny, but I know her name was Kim, Kimberly. I don't remember what his name was. But anyways, they were twins, and uh, they smelled like piss. That's besides the point. Anyways, they were morons, right? Retards, really, if you go by the four R's. And um, so Kimberly, she's telling a story to the class, right? The, she goes, um, you know, this weekend I was... Um, just like droning on, right? I'm looking around the classroom. Nobody's paying attention. Not even Miss Fournier. She's like playing with her pussy. So I turn to the class and I go, Boring! Gets a little titter, right? (laughs) Couple giggles, right? Mrs. Fournier, president of the Green Club, turns to me and goes, Well, Jonathan... We don't care what you don't care. (laughs) Everyone's laughing their fucking head off, right? We don't care what you don't care? I remember looking around the classroom. I'm like, yo, man, that wasn't funny. You know mine was funnier. Come on, you fucking dilettante, you bureaucratic fucks. And after that, I was cast out of the green club. Shunned. Banned. Stripped of my title as a green cadet. Get out of the green club. But anyways, um... I still took on the lifelong passion of um, the green cause, right? The four R's, reduce, reuse, recycle, you retard. And um, yeah, I, um, to this day, I'm still interested in, you know, the earth. Earth Day's coming up. You know, that's like, uh, you know, what, the third weekend of uh, March from 8.30 to 9.30 at night, some shit like that, Earth Hour. And, um, you know... So I'm interested in the earth and climate change. And um, this weekend, I, uh, I was watching a couple documentaries about it, you know. And um, one thing I learned is that, you know, back in the 70s, apparently, like when the whole idea of climate change came about, there was like an equal argument to be made. Like, are we heading for global warming or are we heading for an ice age? Because it's been like 12,000 years since the last ice age. And back in the 70s, there was like the same idea that, not sorry, not the same idea, but it was, the argument was going both ways. It's like some people, some scientists heavily believed in um, an ice age, you know, another ice age. And a lot of them believed in climate change. Well, the scale is tipped. Ice, sorry, um, an ice age was a good movie, don't get me wrong, um, Ray Romano, that little squirrel that chases the acorn down the avalanche. It was a good movie. But um, as it turns out, um, it's not an ice age coming. It's um, climate change, global warming. And, um, you know, scientists now can say undoubtedly that there is climate change. There is um, global warming. And, um, you know, some of the causes are, you know... Obviously, the greenhouse gases, CO2, methane. A lot of the Arctic, you know, has a lot of methane because they have, like, um, a lot of organic matter. Um, You know, dead woolly mammoths. You know, um, fucking um, Inuit (laughs) bodies and, uh, you know, dinosaurs and shit buried under that ice, and um, as they thaw through time, um, they release methane, and then the CO2, 
from, I guess, the Industrial Revolution. Is that where it came from? Something like that. So this shit's polluting the air, and these greenhouse gases are causing, um, I guess, from what I understand, um, a depletion of the ozone layer, which um, in turn causes global warming. It's what I gather. And um, the way we can like change that, and this was all like um, brought about in the 70s by um, that landmark um, book, which I'm actually just about to read. I've, I've, um, I've requested it from the Toronto Public Library. The new book that I've requested to read this year is um, Silent Spring, I believe, by Rachel Carson, I believe. It's like the first book on global warming. It's one of the landmark novels. Sorry, uh, I guess you can call it a novel, whatever, I don't know, book. One of the landmark books of um, the 20th century, Silent Spring. And I'm going to be reading that. It's about global warming. It's the first, you know, book about it, apparently. Landmark. And um, ways in which we can affect and change global warming is like, you know, number one, um, cut down on industrialization. You know, like, I mean, do we really need the amount, the mass amount of production that we do? If we do need it, yes, we do need it, but um, we can also give um, tax exempts to green companies, you know, make it a mandate of all companies worldwide that when they produce and manufacture items or whatever it may be, that it's with a green mindset. Reduce, reuse, recycle, you fucking retard. Four R's. And... um, you know, so give tax breaks for green companies, cut down on the industrialization in general, um, go to like a village lifestyle. A lot of people are riding bikes in big cities. A lot of people are walking, get more of a village lifestyle going. Um, and green technologies, you know what I mean? Like um, solar power, wind power. Um, slaves, you know, get them to, you know, like they built the pyramids, do it the same way. We don't need all this like new equipment and shit. Um, I heavily believe in slaves. No, but you know what I'm saying, right? Green technologies. And um, these are things that can really affect um, change in the climate, Right. And um, the difference between climate and weather, what I gathered from my little research that I did this weekend, it's like, you know, climate is what. Sorry, weather is a day to day thing. Right. Oh, my God, it's cold. Oh, my God, it's wet. Oh, my God, it's sunny. That's like a day to day thing. Right. Climate is the overall average because, like, you know, we generally conceive I don't know if conceives the word, but we generally know the seasons, right? That's climate. We know that, like, you know, through spring, you can expect a season of this. Through, sorry, not a season, but through, like, the season of spring, you can, you can assume a certain type of weather, right? You can assume through the season of winter a certain type of weather. Well, when climate starts changing, then all of a sudden the assumption of a season changes. Now, let's say it's global warming and the winters are getting shorter or less cold, then all of a sudden that's the assumption of that season. 
Okay, I'm not Dr. Suzuki, okay? Do I look like an Asian man of 80 years old? No. Point being the four R's. Reduce, reuse, recycle, you retard. But that's what climate is. It's like an average versus weather, which is like a daily. So, um, yeah. So, like, with this new book, well, not even a new book, it's coming up like the 40th anniversary or some shit. That's what I saw on the website of the library, Toronto Public Library, when I rented this uh, book off of off the library. Um, it's coming up the 40th anniversary of um, Silent Spring. So, um, you know, I'm going to read that, hopefully um, gain some more insights into climate change, and maybe make that my new cause, because like I said, I was... I ran on a little rant earlier about war and how, like, basically wear a white uh, flower lapel every Remembrance Day. Remembrance Day, by the way, is my sober date. November 11th, 2016. On the 11th month, the 11th day, of the 11th hour, Jonathan Ramtram got sober, 2016. But that's, like, my sober date. But anyway, um, Remembrance Day, wear a white flower lapel. Don't give in to that fucking nonsense of like, oh, it's so interesting that on the 11th hour of the 11th day, a bunch of dummies decided to stop being stupid and they quit fighting. Like, quit being a fucking idiot. It doesn't matter. These people are stupid. Learn only one thing from war, that it's stupid. There's nothing else to learn and get fascinated by. Oh, did you know that they use this technique to build a trench? And then they make these stupid war movies where they catapult these asshole morons into like the elevation of heroes when they're just shithead fucktards that wanted to go out and get some pussy by claiming like, I'm brave and I'm going to go kill somebody. You're going to fuck me before I go to war? Oh, yes, Harold. Yes, I'll fuck you for our great nation. Bunch of idiots. Anyway, get a grip. But um, that's kind of what my mindset is lately to learn about things that are dear to my heart and things that can like you know affect the world for the greater good like you know trying to get on board with the climate change thing there's a lot of inspiration behind people that you know fight for green rights green activists like um fucking greenpeace wow they're a crazy movement greenpeace i think they're founded in canada canadian Vancouver, you know, it started in Vancouver in the 70s, I believe. I don't got all the facts, but I, I do know some things about their first expeditions. They were, um, you know, um, the first one is they went to, like, um, some seaside resort to, like, um, stop, like, um, the U.S. government nuclear testings of some bomb off the shore of some fucking... Uh, I don't know, resort in the Bahamas or some shit in the 70s. Then the next one was the same deal. The French were being a bunch of French fried retards. And um, you know what word I was going to use, but come on, man. This is a sensitive um, podcast, and uh, that will not be tolerated, not even by me. But um, they went and they, uh, they, um, they protested like some French nuclear um, war, sorry, nuclear testing of some bomb, Again, in some French uh, place called some French, I don't know, some French people were going to test a nuclear bomb. They went and fucking protested that too. And check this out. The woman who protested that, there was like one of the women for Greenpeace. Um, I got a little bit of notes here. It said Anchica. I don't know where that is or what that is. Down in Anchicaville, they're testing bombs and then they'll kill us slow. That's where we 
go in down in Anchicara. Da di a baby da da down in Anchica. Wasting away again in Anchicaville. French Navy gonna do a nuclear assault. There she is. A fallout cutie. <clears throat> Anyways, the French were like testing some nuclear bomb in Anchica, some island or some shit. This is like their second expedition, Greenpeace, right? And they go and they, they're protesting and shit like that, right? And they got their cameras out and stuff, right? And the French Navy boat, they come up to um, their Greenpeace uh, boat, right? Greenpeace, they had their own boat, some 40-foot vessel or something, right? And um, the French Navy climb aboard, right? And um, they bludgeon one, one of the Greenpeace protesters. He's like, dude, like, what's with all this nuclear shit? And he gets like a fucking bayonet in the face. Fuck you. And they, they jam him in the face, right? It's French fried. Um, you know what I was going to say, but like I said, very sensitive podcast. Love everybody. Not going to use those terms here. So um, then he gets like, you know, smacked upside the head. And um, <laughs> one of the Greenpeace ladies, uh, she hoops. She hides the film of this um, French Navy assault on their vessel. She hides this film in her vagina. <gasps> Greenpeace, I didn't know I could love you even more. Yeah, she like hooped this like film. She, she hooped a whole film. She hooped a whole camera up her... Um, <whistles> she hooped it right up there, right? And she, uh, she smuggled this footage away. <laughs> And, you know, later she, like, scoops it out, right? <laughs> Plops it out, and uh, they get the film developed, and it's, like, evidence of this, uh, you know, assault by the French Navy, you know? And that's just one more story of their um, crazy journey, um, Greenpeace. Um, another time they fought a whaling vessel somewhere in the Atlantic, I believe. The Russians were um, fucking killing whales man for their oil and their blubber or whatever the fuck they use whales for i believe oil and um jesus christ they're harpooning these these whales and whales are like one of the most smartest mammals and they're very um i think they're mammals anyways they're very like human-like and they they have families and they they they, they swim in packs and pods and they have feelings and emotions and they're fucking harpooning these whales and fucking chopping them up and making fucking, you know, fucking sushi to go and selling it to the Japanese. And um, anyways, Greenpeace is up there and they're protesting that shit. And they got a bunch of wicked footage about that as well. So, um, you know, and then another time Greenpeace was in um, off the coast of Newfoundland, Labrador. Um Baby seal clubbing. People were clubbing baby seals. You ever seen a baby seal? Jesus Christ. They're fucking adorable. You know, and they only got that little white fur when, when, they're, when they're babies, right? Baby seals. They only got that cute little white fur and the cute little fucking whiskers and those big black little beady eyes, right? And they flop around looking all cute and shit. And, like, you know, they're just so fucking adorable. Like, I would kiss a fucking baby seal and overlook the stench. Like, for example, one of the reasons why I can't stand dogs is because I can't overlook the stench. They fucking reek. And, um... Sorry, sip of my coffee. Um, but a baby seal, I could overlook that. I could bypass the stench of a baby seal. They probably smell pretty good, you know, like seawater, salt water. But, like... 
the little baby seal with the little fucking cute little fucking squinty little eyes and the little fucking twitching nose and the, the whiskers. Little baby seal. They're clubbing him with baseball bats. These fucking noofy shittards, right? So Greenpeace, they go over there and they're spraying green dye on the carcasses of baby dead seals. And um, the fucking dummies out there, they're like, well, what is that? What, what are we going to do for a job? And then they're like, what are we going to do for a job? They buy the cousin, they be coming down here and they be fucking, hey fucking, you know, this is our job, this is our livelihood. You know, they got no other fucking way to make a dollar. So I got to club a baby seal in the head with a fucking baseball bat to make a dollar. And they may, may be fucking doing that, that's what I got to do to feed my family. I don't fucking see what the fucking, these fucking Greenpeace fucking cunts that come over here and they be fucking, you know, interfering with our baby seal trade. And they the fuck, mate. And like they make this big stink, and then they have this town hall meeting, and Greenpeace goes, and they talk and negotiate with the people of Newfoundland, and they convince them that baby seal clubbing is the only way they can make a dollar in their day and age because they're too stupid to get towards some other industry. So then um, they make some kind of fucking pact with the devil, Prince of Lies, and they, um, I guess they relent a little bit on their campaign for the, sea, the baby seals, but... Um, Somehow that got resolved in a way. It brought awareness. And I think, um, as far as I can tell, um, some good came of that. The video that I saw was actually um, on uh, this Greenpeace and their movements. The video I saw was kind of, um, it wasn't updated because it was actually from like the 70s. It was like from 1976, this broadcast, The Fifth Estate on CBC Canada. It's, it was on YouTube. It was pretty cool. It was like this old school like broadcast, right? And um, so, but anyways, Greenpeace, they have a lot of great causes and a lot of great success. And thank God they stood up for the baby seals back then. And I guess they're probably still doing it to this day. But, you know, at the end of the day, I probably would wear a baby seal coat because, you know, whatever, man. Black man's got to shine. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess what? Jonathan James Ramtram talking about climate change on March 5th. 2018. God bless the baby seals. God bless my mother. She was a good woman, and you know what? Hey, shits and giggles. Chuckle buddy. Hit me up at jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. That's jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Questions, queries, and qualms. Fuck a baby seal. Fuck the goddamn French Navy. And, um, me love you long time. See you next time. <laughs>